And a good Saturday morning to you. It's 7.45, and that means it's time for another wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi there, Denny. How's it going? It's going well, and I hope uh, you had a good week since we spoke last. Oh, yes, indeed. I mean, how can you not have good times when we've got this wonderful summer weather, which I absolutely love. Uh, What are we going to talk about today? You know what we're going to talk about today? French rosé wine. And the reason we're going to talk about that today is about three nights ago, I was having dinner, and I was, we usually have an aperitif before dinner. I had a glass of this Millage Rosé, which is a rosé from Bordeaux. And the red wine is very good. It's an old convent and was started by the guy who did a, the jewelry company that every kiss begins with K sold that company for a bajillion dollars, and his wife always wanted to make wine. So they went to Bordeaux and bought this old convent, <coughs> excuse me, in the Cadillac region of Bordeaux, and called it Millange, House of a Thousand Angels, because the, it was a convent for all those nuns. Well, anyhow, to make a long story short, he sent us some rosé about five or six years ago, and I liked it very much, and we've been buying it every year since. And I was having a glass of this melange, and then we had our salad. And I thought, this goes pretty well. And then my wife had cooked chicken thighs in kind of a lemon sauce, which I thought, well, I'll just sip this. I hadn't opened the bottle of wine we were going to have with the chicken. And we both decided but that melange went just perfectly with those chicken thighs. And so we had it through the entire meal. And I got to thinking, you know, I don't think enough people realize the versatility of rosé wine, particularly French rosés. Now, there's nothing wrong with rosés from other countries of the world. Uh, everybody is making a rosé wine today. Uh, I had one the other day from Domaine Serene, people from Minnesota who have a, a vineyard out in Oregon, and they make wonderful wine at Domaine Serene. But I had their rosé, and it was absolutely delicious. However, it was very expensive. And these wines I'm going to talk about in France are generally around the $10 price. Maybe they get up to $15, $17. But it's very, very rare to find a French rosé that's over $20. Uh, there's so many good ones under that, and, and well under. Like I say, a lot of these are about 10 bucks a bottle, which makes them delightful as far as I'm concerned. If we're, you know, uh, like I say, Portugal really kind of popularized rosé in this country, and we've talked about that in the past. You know, 40, 50 years ago, it was Alianca, Matus, Lancers, and those were Portuguese rosés that were kind of sweet. And they were a wonderful thing for the wine business because they introduced people to drinking wine, even though the wine itself was not bone dry. And the French make pretty much bone-dry rosés. And the best grape type in France, I think, for making uh, rosé is Grenache. And that's, the, of course, the number one uh, grape type in Provence. And Provence is a big, big area across central France. Anybody's ever been there and you overlook those fields of lavender and uh, the food there is good and the ambiance is laid back and the scenery is lovely. It's a great part of France, and they produce most of the French rosé is made in Provence. In fact, the Provence produces both red and white wine, but they really produce 70% 
or better of the production of Provence is in Rosé. So they run the ra- uh, range, really. And, you know, if you've ever had a good Provencal Rosé with some garlic aioli, and an aioli is nothing but a garlic-flavored mayonnaise that they often serve on crusts of bread with their signature dish, which is bouillabaisse, which is a wonderful French uh, stew, and it's a fish stew. And it has a flavor of perno or licorice or anise in that bouillabaisse, and then you float a little crust of bread on top with some aioli on it, and then take a little bite of that and a sip of Provence wine, and boy, I'll tell you, you know that everything is wonderful. Now, they make some expensive rosés in Provence, too. My friend Sasha Lachine, whose father was a good buddy of mine, Alexis, Sasha stopped me once and told me he was going to make a $100 rosé. I told him he was crazy. Well, he just sold that company to Louis Vuitton for lots and lots of dollars. Shows you how dumb you can be by telling him he's crazy because he did get $100 a bottle for that wine of his, Whispering Angel. And it's very popular and it's expensive. Another (coughs) celebrity to the Provence area was Brad Pitt, and their rosé was expensive as well. But you don't have to go with those expensive ones. There's so many good wines that are really just wonderful from Provence that don't break the bank entirely uh, or, or make all that stuff very affordable. You know, the, as I said, we were going to talk about French rosés, not just Provençal, but the other ones. And as I said, that's not to ignore uh, our other friends in Europe that produce wonderful rosés. The Portuguese still produce some fabulous rosés, as they do in Spain, Italy, Germany, Austria, and even Switzerland produces some pretty good rosés. And the other regions of France produce some terrific wines as well. But Provence seems to really capture the essence, in my opinion, of rosé. And it's made with almost 100% Grenache. And Grenache is, of course, a grape type that we see in the Rhone Valley. The red wines from the Rhone Valley are usually Grenache and Syrah, or a combination thereof, with some other Moudovre and etc. grape types. But the real uh, power and the big horse in there is Grenache Rosé. That is the principal grape type of Tavel, which is, Tavel is kind of a Rhone wine, really, but in my opinion, it is like the epitome of Provencal wine, because it has made in that Provencal style. And even though it's made in the Rhone Valley, and Tavel, you've heard me talk about it ad nauseum, because it's my favorite Rosé wine. The best thing about Tavel's there, they're in my opinion, a rosé made for a red wine drinker. If you drink predominantly red wine and you think rosé, uh, that's for ladies' tea parties or something like that, try a bottle of Tavel rosé. I guarantee you it will be a changing experience for you because you'll finally see that there is a big enough rosé for you red wine drinkers that you're going to like and say, hey, there's a rosé I could really drink. And it's, Tavel is made that way. It's a very interesting appellation because all they make in Tavel is rosé. It's across the river from chateauneuf de pop so it's a Rhone Valley. It's got its own appellation, Tavel. But it, it nonetheless, as I said, is kind of, in my opinion, the finished 
uh, it's sort of Provencal, good dry finish. And that's what's wonderful about Provencal wines, because they, while they're prominent, they're never expensive and they're easy to like. Uh, you know, and the the market, unfortunately, is glutted with a lot of poorly made rosés. But there are some really good ones. And when you get a good one, boy, cherish it. Because, as I said, in my opinion, and it was a revelation for me, I've been drinking wine for a lot of years, that, that have that rosé all through the entire meal and be satisfied. Usually I like a little bolder wine with my meal, but that uh, rosé, and it was a, a rosé made in Bordeaux in the Cadillac region, that melange, was absolutely delicious. It was made from Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, so, you know, almost anything is possible. And that was really, as I say, an eye-opening revelation to me, that that aperitif wine that we were just going to have to have a glass before dinner went so well with the entire meal. But uh, we digress. We're going to talk a little bit about Provence. And like I say, the wines, the rosés of Provence, are really kind of dazzling wines. Uh, there's a lot of, they run the gamut from my friend Sasha's wine above $100 a bottle to sometimes you can find Provence wines for as low as 8 or $9 a bottle. And they're really great. The, uh, the hilly country about Provence is really a wonderful place to visit. Uh, you know, Provence encompasses the French Riviera. And that's another reason why these Provence wines are so very, very popular, because, uh, you know, that was really a hot spot, uh, in sort of the Caribbean, if you will, the Riviera, for all of the European royalty in the winter. And they brought with them all their tastes and dislikes and likes, and also drank the local wine, which happened to be Provence Rosé. Uh, the Loire also makes some wonderful rosé. In fact, the rosé d'Anjou, same Anjou as an Anjou pear. Uh, in fact, Anjou pears come from the same area originally. But the rosé d'Anjou is a little softer, got a little uh, easier to like drink, higher residual sugar, uh, it, and it's very desirable again from there. And, of course, we all know the most expensive champagne you can buy is rosé champagne. I mean, you can buy a bottle of Dom Perignon and spend a lot of money for it, and you can buy a bottle of Dom Perignon rosé and spend double what you'd spend on a regular Dom Perignon because the rosé is that much more coveted. The same thing with Louvre Clicquot or any of the great names in champagne. And then there are other French reasons that produce some really good wine, particularly the Rhone Valley. As we mentioned, Tavel is from the Rhone Valley, and it's in a class all by itself. And most every single Rhone wine producer produces some rosé because it gets pretty hot in the Rhone Valley in the summer. And that rosé wine made in uh, the Côte du Rhone is really a very refreshing and uh, easy-to-like drink. Uh, having sung all the virtues of Tavel, it you should try some of these other rosés. They're always pretty good, it, even in they come from Chateauneuf de Pop and Gigondas and all that. And usually, the more specific the label is, the better the wine is. In other words, you can get a Cote de Rhone, and then you can get a Gigondas Cote de Rhone, and the Gigondas is generally going to be a little better 
than the regular Cote de Rhone. The same thing is true with the Chateau Neuf de Pop. You can get a rosé there. But I don't think you really have to spend that kind of money. Those are expensive. You can expect to pay uh, for a Chateau Neuf de Pop rosé just about what you pay for a Chateau Neuf de Pop red wine. And the red wine is far better. There's white wines from Chateau Neuf de Pop too. And in my opinion, the problem with some of that is they're a little overly expensive, if you will. Uh, when you're buying those Appalachians, it's like our friends at Domaine Serene, when I mentioned that earlier. Those rosés from the Willamette Valley are absolutely marvelous, but they're very expensive. And today we're just talking about inexpensive rosés that you can bring to the table for a very affordable amount of money and really enjoy it. That We have a good one from uh, the Cote de Provence called Bernard, like the St. Bernard dog. And uh, Bernard Rosé is just marvelous. I think we have a BOGO on it at the moment. And then we have Rosés from the Luberon, the Provence d'Alpes. That's the Provence area that's in the foothills of the Alps. Of course, there's Bordeaux, as I mentioned, with this Milange. And uh, we even have Rosés from Corsica, etc. So the a lot of selections lot of are, are unbelievable. But I know where to find them, too. Yes, any Haskells. Folks at Haskells love to talk about wine, and whether we're talking about a great sweet wine like Chateau Yuquem or a very simple rosé like Mill Eyes, you're sure to find it there, and you'll find them affordable, and that's the most important keyword, affordable. And not only affordable, but very good. It'll marry very well with whatever you're preparing. There's a Haskells near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Haskells in Bloomington, Excelsior. There's the Haskells in Faribault, right off of 35. Our super seller in Maple Grove is not to be missed. Downtown Minneapolis has free parking on Saturdays and Sundays. There's the Haskells at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Island Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskells, go to Haskells.com. And don't forget, the folks at Haskells do deliver, and we are always concerned about your safety. Outstanding. Let's talk next week, Jack. Denny, you know what? I'm going to look forward to that. Me too. Thanks very much, Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Yes, he'll be back next week with another wine chat.